We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. We are in the heyday of state pageants. So, so many new title holders are being crowned every single weekend across multiple systems around the world. Really exciting. So, what better time to invest in a customized pageant autograph pad? So, what this is, is a cardboard backing, terrible sheet autograph pad with your picture on it. So, you can send in whatever photo you want featured your title, your name, and then you can put it in your crown box, bring it with you to every single appearance and have a great takeaway for anyone that uh, you want to leave an impression on. What's the importance of having an autograph pad? So many levels of importance for having one. It's a huge marketing tool. And plus, one of the best parts about being a pageant title holder is like you kind of are the Disney character effect. You walk in, people stare, they get excited if you acknowledge them because they think like you're this elevated personality, this public figure. And when you acknowledge someone, it lifts them up and connects them to you in a way that so few things can actually do. So if you can do one step further and leave them with something that's a keepsake, oh my gosh, as far as like recruitment, marketing, getting new sponsors, it just goes a long way in reinforcing that relationship that you built. Okay, and do you need to be at a certain, I don't know, level in pageantry before you get the autograph card? No, I would say any, if you're competing in a pageant where you're doing pre-work, so maybe you don't have a title yet, but you're competing, maybe you get one that just says Miss New York USA Delegate, and you leave it behind because, again, you're leaving your mark, you're creating relationships, so if and when you win your title that you're aiming for, you can go back to them and say, hey, remember that time I gave you that paper? Well, you can get an updated one because I did win my pageant and let's do it together. Let's take the next one together. So it just leaves a a great message. So any level, delegate, local, state, national, international, um, it's great for moving forward and for making the most of your year. So if you're looking for the next step, it's a huge help there, but it's also perfect for showing gratitude to those that have helped you get there. I think that's a really cool thing of saying like, I am competing at like Miss Australia, Miss South Africa. Right. So it's like I am competing. That's a lot more exciting than, oh, I did compete like last Mm -hmm. year. Right. So when you say that, people like they'll probably start to watch the pageant more and you'll start to garner more of a following um, even leading up to the pageant, which is cool. Yeah, Um, They always say live, live like you are the title holder. Yeah. So if you're competing, this is the time. Yeah. Love that. All right. So how much do these cost? Where can they find them? Give us all that good stuff. So this autograph pad features 40 tearaway sheets um, and with a nice cardboard backing, so it's nice and solid. Um, it can be customized, like I said, with your picture. Um, and our, our queen of marketing will put it all together so it looks perfect and pristine. It's not just an automatic thing. You upload it and it prints exactly what you send. Like We'll make sure it looks ideal. Um, it's $24.99, ships between seven and 10 business days, so give a little bit of lead. They're not a super huge um, turnaround. Um, And you can find it at shop.pageantplanet.com. Perfect. Thank you, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be discussing how preparation is key, and this podcast is inspired inspired by Michaela Abelga. So, Jesse, set the stage for us. 
Stephen, one of the most challenging yet fulfilling things about being involved in pageantry is that you continually get the chance to get out of your comfort zone, learn new things, experience personal growth at a level that most people will never even attempt to do. Uh, and if you're new to pageants, you may watch those pageant contestants that are more experienced and wonder how they make like literally every move look seamless, smooth, easy. And we want you to know that those contestants may make it look easy, but the truth is they've practiced religiously and honed their skills over time. And at one time they were like, just like you, brand new as well. Yeah, it's completely true. I mean, everyone starts off at the exact same place. Sure, like someone might be like naturally pretty or gifted in some way or have a talent that comes easily to them, but every contestant has their own path of growth and no one is perfect and certainly no one starts off perfect. Mm -hmm. And the reality is everyone struggles with something about themselves that they must change or improve upon. And that's part of the process of being involved in pageants. And Stephen, in your opinion, what are some of the struggles um, contestants come across? Um, sometimes the things that contestants struggle with are tangible things that have to change. Maybe they need to work on their, let's say, communication skills or improve their fitness level or become more adapt to like onstage performance. But sometimes the things they struggle with like come from realities that you cannot change, such as like the height or like where you live in the world or even your social economic background or your age or mm -hmm. um, things like that. Well, if you are around pageants long enough, you're bound to hear all kinds of opinions about what makes someone successful and what things will actually prevent you from winning a title. Uh, for example, some people will say that in order to be successful in the world of pageantry, you absolutely must be tall. Like, what the heck? Not true. Um, Olivia Culpo, 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, um, you. I have <laughs> <laughs> four and three quarters, but who's counting? Um, others will say that if you're past a certain age, you'll be limited in what you can do. And still others believe that being, quote unquote, too young will hold you back as well. Um, and there's like with coaching clients, they come to me and they are the youngest person in their division. And we say, how can we make you feel like you are on the same level or appear as though you're on the same age? Because if you're 18 competing with a 30 year old, it's just not quite the same. So we can't have an 18 year old wearing a bubblegum pink dress in a Miss pageant where she's competing with women 30 years old. We have to do what we can to be on brand. So if feminine is one of her words, maybe it's the design of the gown, but not the color so innately feminine like, like a pink. So you have to work within that to make sure that you are fulfilling yourself in the pageant you're competing for. Yeah, and when you're faced with situations that you're not able to change, you've really got to decide whether or not you're going to allow those things to be a hindrance to your pageant career or if you're going to find a way to make those things work for you. And this is true in all aspects of your life. I mean, even mm -hmm. for business or job interviews or even the world of dating, you know, it's like <laughs> either you make those assets work for you or you use it as a crutch or an excuse as to why you're not able to accomplish something. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about like um, Michaela and kind of her journey here because she has a little bit of a unique backstory for someone um, that's been so successful in the U.S. pageant circuit. And she's like one of those rare people who refuse to allow the things she couldn't change like we just talked about, like age, height, um, background, et cetera, from achieving her dreams. And she did not allow the fact that she was born in another country or the fact that she's extremely petite or the fact that she was young, like I just said, prevent her from competing in pageants and ultimately winning five national titles before age 22. That, that really is crazy. I mean, and mm -hmm. Michaela, she's achieved some pretty outstanding goals in a very short time. I mean, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Seriously, she broke the record and then set the record 
for the most national titles achieved in National American Miss history. And we know National American Miss is no joke. The competition is fierce every single year. And she's a five-time national title holder from some of the biggest and most prestigious pageant systems in the U.S. And Stephen, why don't you rattle a couple of these off? Yeah, so Miss American Co-Ed National Junior Teen Victory in 2010, Royal International Junior Miss Teen in 2011, International Junior Miss Teen in 2012, and National American Miss in 2015, and USA National Miss in 2018. And some of these pageants, like we know that if you're listening in from like South Africa or Australia or Canada, you might not necessarily know what these titles are, but um, you should know that like, let's say, National American Miss, for example, sometimes has well over 100 girls in the age division. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just at the state level, not even including national level. So you first have to beat out like 100 people on the state level and then go to national where, you know, collectively across all age divisions, there's another 750 girls competing. So mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, really, the numbers are tremendous. And it points to really how special um, um, she is. Yeah. And So she actually immigrated from the Philippines to Florida when she was 10. So that means like all of the success has like totally extrapolated in the last 12 years, which is even crazier to think about. And like when when she emigrated, she said like she was in pursuit of bigger dreams, better opportunities, a brighter future. And even though her family came to the U.S. with an expectation of fully embracing American culture, Michaela, she's always been so proud of her Filipino heritage. And she speaks both like Tagalog and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this, Cebuano. Uh, That sounds good to me. Okay. (laughs) So um, Tagalog, Cebuano, in addition to English. So three languages, super impressive and important for her hold on to that heritage. Yeah, and if you've met her, you'd know that public speaking and communicating in general seem to come quite naturally for Michaela, even at an early age. Michaela's often talked about how much time she puts into preparing for pageant interview process, and even though she is a natural communicator, she also saw pageants differently than a lot of teens did uh, that she competed with. I mean, even back in 2013, during a camera interview at IJM, International Junior Miss, Michaela demonstrated a well-spoken maturity and a sense of diplomacy even that goes like way beyond mm-hmm. a girl of, <laughs> of how old she was at the time. Mm-hmm. And when she, what, when she was asked like what advice you'd give to someone who was interested in trying out pageants, she said, and this is a direct quote, she recognized that pageantry had a bit of a bad reputation to most of the public due to sensationalism media and shows like Toddlers and Tierras. Um, but to her, pageants were a great opportunity to explore and a wonderful way to meet other interesting girls, grow as a person, and not only as a pageant competitor. And her attitude is that pageants are a wonderful way to grow as a person. Um, and one of the main things that always set her apart from the majority of pageant contestants was that she did approach it as a holistic experience. And we'll get into that more in a little bit. Yeah, and I'd say that like most teenage girls that I met in the industry, she obviously enjoyed the glitz and the glamour of page- uh, like of just participating in pageants and being on stage when she started out, but her mindset early on was clearly on the bigger picture of what she was trying to accomplish in her life holistically. Mhm. And there's no doubt that pageants like are a blast because you do get to dress up in pretty clothes, hang out with interesting people, attend social events, but if your ultimate goal is improving yourself or winning a title at a certain point you have to be able to view the bigger picture of what you're trying to achieve. And that's something that Stephen, you and I talk about probably every single week. And when you can step back, be objective and grasp that bigger picture of how you 
like your immediate pageant goals fit into the larger picture of your overall life, like your education or career goals and your personal growth, you will get so much more out of participating in pageants because the rewards you receive are so much more than like the plaque or trophy that will sit on the shelf and collect dust for a million years. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, I feel like this could be a coaching moment here. It definitely is. It's it's all about controlling the conversation. And it's like, ugh, I don't even know how do I want to summarize it because I talk about it all the time. So if you just go in there and you answer questions about like Pepsi or Coke and you tell them what you prefer and they ask you all sorts of fluffy questions, you walk out of the room, you've told them no reason why they should crown you. So if you are bringing in portions of your, your life normally, like I know Michaela's goal is to become a doctor. I doubt when she has her interview room, she ever leaves without saying that she wants to be a doctor, even if it doesn't come across. So it's bringing all those different aspects into your life, into the interview room. So they really get to know who you are outside of your quest for the crown. And the great thing about interview is you can literally practice it in every conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I was like, you know, I, I was hanging out some, with some friends and it was like I spent all day with them and it, it was good. I enjoyed their company, but literally they're just sitting there waiting for me to ask them the next question. Mm. And I'm like, Ugh. and then by the end of it, I was just so drained. It's a lot because, of pressure. Yeah. I'm like, I'm pulling out. And then like if finally, if they get into a rhythm and they ask for um, <laughs> like if they start telling a story and I'm like, okay, I'm into the story and then the story stops. And I'm like, I mean, a conversation should be a tennis match, you know, where like I hit the ball to you, you hit the ball back to me, I hit the ball to you. You know, it should go back and forth. It should not be one-sided. So like if someone asks you something, you know, you can just very easily in a conversation practice if you're in an interview room to how to keep the conversation interesting to them because if you're as a judge it's if i'm sitting there listening to you and i'm bored with the conversation i want to score you less than if i was enjoying the conversation so when you're communicating even with your friends on like a party or something like that or on the phone how do you make the conversational and enjoyable for them and that will naturally translate to the interview room absolutely so um when you when you can adopt like Michaela's advice about pageants and be focused on the personal development, even if you don't really walk away with the crown, you'll come away knowing that you're investing in your life, which was mm-hmm. my immediate draw in to, to pageantry. Mm-hmm. And as an added benefit of having that mindset is that you're really able to connect with the judges on a much deeper level. And judges want to know that you do have a rich life outside of pageantry. And that winning the crown is not just an end in itself. They love to hear like what you plan to do with the title if you win. And just how you're going to use this opportunity to support your cause, promote a charity, support a larger life goal that you're invested in. And when you can talk about those big picture goals like Michaela does during interview, you show the judges that you are an intelligent, thoughtful person who has depth and integrity. And that's like I always tell our clients, like talking stories. Stories, like if you just say I'm a thoughtful person, like they that's nice. But if you say, oh, here's how I surprise someone I love, the story of that tells them you're a thoughtful person instead of you just having to say it, plus it gives them a memory. So that is a huge bonus for our clients is talking through those stories. Um, And then regardless of the final outcome, you'll be able to enjoy your pageant experience so much more. Yeah, I really love that aspect that you showed. And I feel like that's a coaching moment of like telling Mm -hmm. a story rather than telling the judges what you are, demonstrate to them like what you are. And you demonstrate that through a story. 
Mm -hmm. And we're going to dive in. This next coaching moment is like a lead in. So this coaching moment we're about to talk about is work with your tribe. And one of the reasons Michaela is so successful, um, we are going to get into. And um, I know we haven't quite gotten there yet. But one of the other unique things that Michaela has always had as part of the pageant arsenal is that her younger sister, Keisha, has also been actively involved with pageants as they've grown up together. And in addition to her sister's help, they not only can like they consider pageant a pageantry a family affair and they get coaching help from their dad, believe it or not. And some girls like it might be difficult to have a sibling who's going after some of the same goals as you are. But for these two ladies, they've like really used the tribe in the best way possible. And it made their relationship a key part of their individual successes. Yeah. Michaela and Keisha, they work together to prepare for each of their respective pageants, helping each other with interview questions, coaching each other on stage modeling techniques, giving other constructive feedback and generally just encouraging each other to grow together. I mean, that's so awesome to be able to live with someone who is pursuing that same goal as you and to be that support system. Oh my gosh. I feel like, I feel like we see the opposite so much where it's sibling rivalry or competition amongst family members and friends. And it's kind of unspoken. Like you, you want them to win, but you also still want to be like the best. I'm sure the, the Venus, the Venus and Serena Williams sisters have the same challenge, but I really feel like it's, it's organic for Michaela and Keisha um, in a way that might not be so natural for others, other siblings, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, my dad always has a saying like, people don't mind you getting ahead, just not ahead of them. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like, hmm. That is a Mr. Roddy quote. I can totally hear him saying that. Yeah. yeah. In his little Southern accent. He's so no. cute. Um, but, so I think having someone so close to you who understands the demands of pageant prep can be such a rare gift. So if you have a family member or best friend who's also in a pageant, it's like take advantage of that and let it be your secret weapon instead of something that you want to keep inside. Completely. And like at Pageant Planet, we always talk about the importance of, you know, putting together your very own dream team. This is like a group of people who will serve you as like your pageant support group, you know, or your pageant family, if you will. Their goal is to help you prepare for your pageant, encouraging you when you're down, helping to keep you on track, and generally just being there if you need a friend or advisor. A pageant support group is key really for anyone who has a big pageant dream that they're going after. But you don't have to wait until you win a major title to assemble your dream team. And in fact, if you're new to pageantry, like we advise you to find those people who are going to help you along your journey as soon as possible. And this usually starts with your family and your close friends. But the reality is that like when you're new to pageantry, it also means that your family and friends are probably new to pageantry as well. So they may not understand what you are doing, and they certainly will not understand how much work it entails. Yeah, and that's why you really need to surround yourself with a solid network of people in addition to your like family and friends. Like, those that mm-hmm. are close to you will likely support support your goals and aspirations, like, even if like they don't completely understand them. But they will not always know how to give you like what you need. Like my, Renata's mm-hmm. best friend is a case, like clear example of this. Um, she no involvement in pageantry, no involvement in fitness competitions or anything like that. But Renata's like, "Hey, I'm doing this," and she's like, "Awesome!" So she'll text her and like, "Hey, how are you doing with it?" And like, went to see her at her pageants and her fitness competitions, and you know, keep in track with her workout. Just a, a sideline cheerleader, which you know, everyone needs. Everyone so, needs really everyone. Yeah. So I mean, you just really, however you do it, you want to create that su- support group. Um, of both like friends and professionals who have been like where you are, like maybe former title holders or even current fellow contestants who like may or may not be involved in the same like system as you. 
And of course, it's ideal if you can get a coach or a set of coaches and mentors, if you can afford it, who can teach you all the things you need to know, as well as understanding exactly what you're trying to achieve in pageants. And mentoring is a major part of pageantry. And none of us would be where we are without having those kinds of people in our lives, pageant industry, outside of pageant industry, both. Um, and whether those mentors come in the form of professional coaches or former, former title holders who want to help you, you cannot ultimately obtain your highest goals without someone like them. Yeah, I mean, the point of all this is that you're not able to do it alone. I mean, from like running a company to competing in pageants to really just having any kind of goal in your life, you need people to get you there. No one ever um, succeeds 100% on their own efforts. And like, yeah, you're going to be the person that actually does the work. And yes, like this is your dream and no one is just going to hand it to you. But every single successful pageant contestant, title holder and queen or king that you know of has surrounded themselves with a support system of people whom they can rely on. Mm-hmm. So like, and really in like for people that you, if you're not able to afford a traditional coach, which um, we did our, our survey and most of them, they charge over $100 an hour. Uh, I don't remember the exact statistics, but if you Google, like, uh, go to Pageant Planet under articles, beauty pageant statistics, um, we surveyed, like, how much girls uh, and guys spend on pageant coaches. And it's expensive. So Mm -hmm. this is one of the reasons why we release free courses. And these courses are, like, 100 pages long of everything you need to know about pageant interview because there's really only two things that are two ways that you can learn something in life through your personal experience or through the experience of someone else. Mm-hmm. So these courses on evening gown, wardrobe, interview, and like walking and talking, all these different ones that we released for free, um, they're just on the site. So you can start to build your tribe of mentor by leveraging our free resources. Yeah. And then as a scale up, I mean, it's $29 a month and you have access to Jesse and myself and our team to ask us questions to submit your wardrobe to submit like your walking patterns like via video all that stuff and we analyze it to you through email support and if you want to do a step up and add mock interviews it's just like 76 dollars um and if you want one-on-one coaches plus mock interviews plus unlimited questions you can do all that for 148 dollars so like for literally the cost of about one hour of a coach's time you can get a month worth of coaching mm-hmm. from us and if you just go on there uh, on pageantplanet.com and click pageant prep um you, you'll be able to see all the different options there and see all that it entails well and i'll even say too like you said your tribe might not have any idea so i'll, I'll give a basic example of why this resource is so necessary and like even that 29 dollars package let's say so it's unlimited written coaching and you can submit your wardrobe submit your paperwork I had a contestant, first time competing in National American Miss, the system we were just talking about that is so competitive. And there are things about the system you wouldn't know unless you had gone before. So we had a contestant send in a short evening gown because it does say like wear wear a nice evening gown um, can be of your choice. And so this girl had a high low or a short dress. I don't remember which of the other. And I know being someone that's been involved with the system for a number of years Short dresses do not win. Steven, you probably know that from seeing National American Miss. Mm -hmm. So just having one person who has background in a pageant can look at that picture and say, you know what? 
if your goal is to go and have a great time and get the experience, this is the perfect dress. If you're hoping to be competitive and possibly place, you will want to change this dress. And this is why. Because your tribe, as supportive as they might be, won't have that, might not have that insight. Yeah. And this is something without the tribe of like people that know. You could show up, compete, wear the short dress and wonder, why didn't I do as good? And then no one in your tribe really knows. <laughs> and nobody right, really has a vested right. interest. So you've spent the money, you've spent the time, you feel like a bit discouraged because you didn't win or place as high as you thought when it could just be like little simple tweaks here and here and there, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, let's talk about Michaela making her mark in the industry and this principle of practice and preparation. Um, and that's one of like the principles she talks about frequently. And in addition to her rigorous practice schedule, professional attitude, she is extremely structured about her preparation. So she uses like this full-size binder, keeps all her pageant paperwork in, does her best to stay totally organized. And at Pageant Planet, we mentioned many times in our guides and articles how important it is to keep yourself and your paperwork organized. It doesn't have to be a super complicated system. It just has to work for you. And one of the guides even was just talking about the free courses, 101 Tips for First-Time Pageant Girls. We discuss everything from preparing for pageant competition, how to practice for your upcoming pageant, and what it to expect pageant weekend and common mistakes that first time competitors make. So this preparation principle that Michaela harps on so much, it's so important. Um, it's a good starting point. Wouldn't you say Steven? Yeah. I mean the 101 tips, I think it spans across 60 some pages. I mean, it's just tremendous value and it's yours for free and it's there to give you the edge of your competition of people that don't take the time, um, to visit our website and thoroughly read through. So, being that systematic or having that systematic background that Michaela did is beneficial. Just setting aside 15 minutes a day to like read some articles. You know, that's like something you can do on a bus ride to, to school or wherever you're going. So mm -hmm. being an or organized about all of your pageant prep will give you like really so much peace of mind too. And it'll help you stay on track in the months leading up to your pageant and during the actual pageant weekend. But next to being organized and prepared, there's no substitute for actual practice and rehearsing. Um, and this is the thing that will set you really apart from the pack. And I also want to do like something we forgot to plug about our membership is when you do that, we give you a pageant preparation schedule. Mm -hmm. They're like, cool, your pageant's four months away. Here's what you need to do. And here's what you should have already done. We tell you when to start shopping for your gown, when to start practicing your walk, when to start practicing your interview, all those things we lay out for you in a very systematic way. So again, if you're newbie, we can help take that off your plate for you. Yes. And Michaela tells stories about how in the early days as a newbie competitor, she would work her pageant practice into her everyday life so that all those new skills would stick. She did make time for actual practice sessions, but she wanted everything to be second nature. So she would live her life like she was on stage, like same. Um, and for <laughs> instance, like she tells a story about going to the movies for a few weeks prior to competition and walking up and down the stairs in the lobby in her heels because the stage of her upcoming pageant had a series of very steep stairs that she had to maneuver. And she remembers that her dad kept telling her to keep her head up not look down at her feet, and that she just kept going up and down the stairs even as people were going to the concession stand and ordering popcorn. Love yeah, that. Love that. And that's just like one of those things where you're just fitting pageants into your everyday life. You're making a game out of it. You're having fun with it. You're including mm -hmm. your tribe. That combines everything to what we were saying about earlier. Yeah, and this is a coaching moment that I work on with our clients all the time. And we encourage them to make time for integrating pageant prep into their daily lives like Michaela does. So for example... 
if you're spending time driving to and from activities in the car, perfect time for answering practice questions. Even if you're alone, like just talk to yourself nonstop. If you're cooking a healthy meal, like flex your abs or do calf raises while you wait for like timers to expire or while you're watching water boil. And like Michaela, no matter where you are, strut your stuff with your shoulders back, chest up as though you are working the runway. And by integrating these activities, whenever a down moment or multitasking opportunity arises, one, you will always be improving. And two, you'll maintain a frame of mind of the goal at hand, which is to win your pageant. If you're just doing this at your designated practice times, you are very likely under preparing for your pageant. Mm, yeah. And I, I want to take this like a little step further is like, a lot of it is mental too. So mm-hmm. whispering compliments to yourself, whispering things that you Aww. like about yourself. Like that's one of the things like when I had my really low moment and like just at the bottom of the barrel of my life and I was depressed and all that. Um, I used to say like one day people are going to stop and ask me, what do I do for a living? People are going to want to get their picture taken with me. People are going to want to have my autograph. I didn't even know because there was no concept of pageant planet or anything like that. But it was just like speaking it and things that made me feel empowered. And then now, like, I mean, those things happen. Like right when I go to like pageants and I spoke it into existence and it made me feel empowered. So you can do the exact same thing to yourself irregardless or no, I'm sorry, regardless of where yes! you are. <laughs> yes! Je- Jess, Jesse taught me that uh, irregardless is actually not a word um, and that I say it a lot. So it's regardless. <laughs> and that's one of the things I've been practicing on all week. Yes. I'm so proud. <laughs> I'm so, I can could, I could cry. I'm so proud. So regardless <laughs> of, <laughs> of where you are, you can certainly do that. And that's something I still do to this day. Like I woke up um, I took a nap on the beach last weekend, and when I when I woke up, I was kind of in that half day's sleep, and I started whispering like affirmations and scriptures that really f- make me feel empowered. And mm-hmm. I wasn't in a dull moment; I wasn't in a down moment. But I do those things to keep myself uplifted and to keep myself filled, so that I can have a full cup, so that you know life doesn't stress me out as much. So um, hope that helps. And certainly, like this is one of the reasons, like. Michaela has been so successful is that she's not really taking anything for granted. She was born mm-hmm. with a natural ability and natural beauty, but she knew that it's not enough. So she's always taken pageant prep very seriously. And clearly it shows the champions are always the people who are willing to do what the rest of the contestants are just not. And the majority of people who watch pageants just think, Oh, you know, contestants, title holders are just naturally beautiful girls roll out of bed looking fabulous every day of their life. And they happen to be talented accomplishment accomplished like intelligent have loads of time to volunteer know how to like organically walk up and down heels in a swimsuit like you know all that stuff so and you know it's just not like that it's not i thought <laughs> I, I mean that's what you're I like mean. that's that's how you want no, this international it right takes, it takes a lot of work a lot of work for those that want to make it happen um so for those that participate in pageants on a regular basis the reality is that like there can be months or even years of learning new skills developing new behaviors and long periods of practice where you might not have a crown. It's not an easy process. Like I said, it doesn't happen overnight. And all of those contestants who do make it all look easy, going back to the very, like the intro of this podcast, they've practiced for years to achieve that illusion that they roll out of bed and make it happen. So many incredible queens like Michaela were, were and are just regular girls who made a determined decision to go after their dream and work tirelessly to reach them. 
Yeah, and Michaela, she's an individual who made a decision early on to believe in everything that made her unique, who she was and where she came from, mm -hmm. um, how she looked and making the most of her natural abilities. But she didn't just like wait around for something great to happen to her. She made the most of every opportunity that came her way and then applied that incredible work ethic that she is known for and went out and got what she wanted. And I'll say like despite valuing structure and trying to be fully prepared for her pageants, Michaela is very down to earth when she prepares for interview. In discussing her approach to pageant interview, she says that she tries very hard just to see the judges as her friends and not people she has to impress. And this is a principle that she made her own and now tries to teach others. So she believes that like the judges, they want to see each contestant as a normal girl with normal interests, like probably binging Netflix. <laughs> and she believes that like any contestant's greatest strength is their own unique personality and their power as an individual. And I love that. Yeah, and this belief is clearly one of Michaela's greatest assets and definitely a key point for anyone who wants to be successful in pageants. She's a young woman who not only knows who she is, but she values who she is. You know, She has a peacefulness about her that clearly comes from her confidence of just being so totally herself. Her story is about perseverance and choosing to listen to the truth of uh, her internal voice rather than being distracted by fear of the unknown or listening to the opinions of others. And here's some dedication for you. In 2011 to 2015, so that's ages of like, so she calls it the ages like 16, 19, and 20. Those are the years Michaela competed in National American Miss. After winning her final title, she wrote, after three state queen titles, 10 national titles, and the national queen title, I looked back on this beautiful journey and learned that it's truly not about the destination. It's about the growth, trusting in God's perfect timing, and never giving up on what may seem like a far-fetched dream. During moments of uncertainty, do not let fear and obstacles keep you from trying and dreaming. And after coming so close year after year, my dream finally became a reality because I believed. So I mm, love that. I do love that. So it's no secret that she has always been a go-getter and a high mm -hmm. achiever her entire life, especially as a teen. But now as a young woman, she's amassed a long list of accomplishments that are truly like quite impressive. She mm -hmm. claimed that 2018 was hands down the best year of her life so far and that she actually achieved every single goal that she set for the year, including walking in New York Fashion Week. I, I, I'm going to go on. But if you are not like writing down your bucket list goals or your yearly goals or your monthly goals, like please start doing it. Because to be able to look back and say, and like look at this checklist and say, you know, I checked every single thing off. Think of how empowering it is. Or if you're missing one, you say, okay, I've done all but one. What can you do today to get there? And just, I just want people to make sure that they are keeping track of their goals because it changes how you approach every single day. But off and, the soapbox, oh, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, I was going to say, Renata and I, we, uh, Renata's my wife, for those of you that don't know, and um, we do our goals the beginning of every year. So like around January 1st, like give or take a week, um, we write down our goals, like what we want to accomplish relationally, spiritually, um, like in our individual businesses. She owns a medical spa on Pageant Planet. And we write out those goals and then we put them on a, a piece of paper and we tape them to our bathroom mirror. And then throughout the year, as we check off certain things, we cross it off on the mirror. So every night when we're brushing our teeth or in the mornings when we're brushing our teeth, we, um, we're looking at our goals and we're just kind of reviewing them as we're brushing our teeth. It's, I mean, and then we have like monthly goals too that we like, and those are more like financial goals and we put those 
on our refrigerator. And then after the end of the month, we review them. Oh, did we make it? Did we not? Did we, how close did we come? But it's just a game. And it really mm-hmm. is amazing how much you can accomplish in a year if you just know what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Write it down. That's all it takes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Michaela is someone whose life has been like totally transformed by the pageant industry. And because of her extensive experience and knowledge about competing, like her being a pageant coach, very natural. I mean, she has success across so many industries or so many systems, like it makes sense. So she is, she owns a Belgus pageant coaching and coaching and consulting. And I don't know if it's Abelgas or Belgus, what the right term is. I say Abelgas because I heard it announced on stage like that once. Yeah. Um, so I hope I'm not butchering it. Do I you, say Abelgas too. I say Abelgas okay. too. Okay. I, I, I really think, think it's one, that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with it. Anyway, so Abelgas pageant consulting and coaching. So she started that early 2018. And one of the coolest things about our business is that she and her sister decided to take their unique partnership to the next level. And now they both successfully mentor and guide young ladies in their journey toward the crown. So again, your tribe is for life, man. Yeah. It's so the real true. deal. Yeah. Cause I mean, your tribe is now like in your wedding and you know, yep. coming, coming to your wedding, all that good stuff. But, um, so Michaela, her social media touts like photos of successful clients, but being able to give back to other pageant girls who are walking down the same path that she previously walked is probably the most fulfilling thing that she does these days. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, Keisha and Michaela had five clients who became national queens at USA National Miss in the last three years, which is huge. As a result, Abelga's Pageant Consulting and Coaching announced that they are the official sponsor, um, the official national sponsor of USA National Miss. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And like, but you, like, you know, we care more about the long game and, and pageantry. And like I said earlier, Michaela has always made her academic career a priority. And in May of 2018, she graduated from University of Florida, Bachelor of Science degree in biology and a minor in mass communications. That sounds really natural for her. And then she was accepted into a prestigious Thompson Pharmacy School at University of Florida, where she became, began a doctor of pharmacy degree last fall. Um, so just because she's about to add the title of doctor to her long line of distinguished credentials does not mean she was ready to hang up her pageant heels. And she has and always will be passionate about pageantry, whether that means pursuing a title for herself or helping others to reach their pageant dreams. But her resume really speaks for itself. Yeah. And in July of 2018, she won the title of USA National Miss 2018. And having won that crown at the national pageant held last summer in Orlando, Florida. So, and in addition to walking away with the national title, she's also earned the highest interview score and the national um, casual wear modeling award. And she said that she was so incredibly proud of herself for winning the interview award because that honor was something that she worked very hard for. And she's always put a lot of focus, as we mentioned before, on interview prep. And it's kind of become her specialty. And for most people, being a pageant coach, a national title holder, doctorate student, it's pretty full schedule, I'd say. Um, but not quite for Michaela, I guess. Like shortly after winning that national title, she announced that she and her sister are going to launch a fashion line called the Michaela and Keisha Collection. And the primary um, goal of the line consists of chic, brightly colored rompers, jumpsuits, pantsuits that are perfect for the fashion forward pageant contestants. So kind of hitting it from all angles. 
Yeah, and even though her plate is pretty full, Michaela still finds the time and energy to give back to her community, where she's the founder and president of Crown Frontieras for a Cause, and has initiated several philanthropic projects through her organization. And she's also the founder of an anti-bullying campaign called Bully Proof Shield. That's really cute. Um, a program that has made available to over 3,000 students across the United States. Through her program, Michaela conducts anti-bullying sessions via classroom visits and community presentations to teachers, children, and their parents. And we have a few like Instagram shout-outs for Michaela, right? Yes. So the first one, I think it's from Tenny Janina. Tenny Janina. That's that's true. T-E-N-I-J-A-N-I-N-A. Steve, you want to read it? Um, Sure. It says... There are literally so many reasons to love Michaela. Not only is she genuinely down to earth, but she's taken me under her wing as her little sister, guiding me to perfection. A perfect example of a role model. I love you and miss you. And then she tagged Michaela. And then the next, which is a great testimonial um, from the USA National Princess, um, somebody in her pageant family. And uh, Stephen, why don't you read this one too? She said, what is there not to love? I love her Mm -hmm. charisma, her sense of humor, her encouraging words of wisdom, her determination in not only her own success, but of each girl that she coaches. That's really sweet. So I would say in conclusion for today's podcast, if you are just preparing to win a pageant, like you are doing it wrong. Being successful in the industry is about utilizing skills you're exercising in your daily life. Your interview skills should come from interpersonal conversations you're having at appearances, events, or other opportunities, and not just doing coaching questions, although that doesn't hurt. Your walking abilities shouldn't be limited to the time that you are in the studio. It should be integrated to anywhere you're walking. And by fiercely preparing every free moment of the day, you will be set pageant competition time. Yeah, Michaela Albegas, she has left an incredible legacy of service and achievement in the pageant world. But we have the feeling that she's far from done with her pageant journey. She's one of those like one of a kind people who inspires us and fascinates us and ultimately encourages us to go after our own dreams because we know that she will never give up on hers and she never will. So if you've enjoyed this episode or ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review um, on iTunes, Stitcher, iCloud, or all the other ones. Or if you're watching this on or listening to this on YouTube, please like leave a comment um, or like it and we will reply to all of those. Thank you so much for listening. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.